Welcome to our Disciple Making Podcast. Today we are focusing on the most foundational prayer ever given. It's the Lord's Prayer. Now I'm holding in my hand here a banana. And in fact, I'm going to peel it here and I'm going to eat it. It's not that I love bananas, but I want to make a point. If you were to hand someone a banana without them ever seeing a banana or knowing how it works, you can tell them, oh, it's moist, it's delicious, go ahead and bite into it. But if they didn't know that they had to peel it, they would think you tricked them because the outside of the banana is stringy, it's bitter, and it's, it can actually make you sick to your stomach if you eat a banana peel. Not that I've tried. But inside, inside, it's moist, it's nutritious, it's sweet and delicious. That's the way it is with the Lord's Prayer. What I'm telling you is we have made the Lord's Prayer religious. Listen to me. The Lord's Prayer was never intended to be religious. The Lord's Prayer is built on relationship. And it's full of life-giving Uh, nutritious, sweet, moist presence of Christ. It's full of Christ. It's his pattern of prayer that he gave. The most concise, the most complete prayer ever given. In fact, um, it contains all prayer. There's no aspect of prayer that is outside of the Lord's prayer. And it's yours for the taking. In fact, It's given twice in the Bible, once in Luke chapter 11 and once in Matthew chapter 6. Now, I want to say, you can recite the Lord's Prayer from memory. It's easy to memorize. You can recite it in one breath without coming up for air, so to speak. You can say it. And there's nothing wrong with doing it that way. In fact, in Luke 11, it seems to imply that that's the way Jesus recommended using it from beginning to end, just as a concise, complete prayer. But then the second time Jesus gave the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter six, he said, when you pray, this is how you are to pray. So in, in Luke 11, it's a what to pray. When you pray, say, and it's what to pray, but in Matthew 6, it's how to pray. So it it moves from being a prayer to becoming a prayer pattern. And that's what I want to teach you how to use right now, how to use the Lord's Prayer as a pattern around which to build your prayer life. And I've been doing this for over 30 years, and it is entirely life-giving. And there are seven parts to the Lord's Prayer, and I want to lay these out for us right now. Number one, relationship, our Father. Number two, worship, hallowed be your name. Three, Lordship, your kingdom come, your will be done. Four, sonship, give us, forgive us. Five, fellowship, as we forgive others. Six, leadership, Lead us not, but deliver us. And seven, ownership for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Hallelujah. So seven parts to the Lord's Prayer. Now, 
Jesus said, my house shall be a house of prayer. In other words, his house is to be full of prayer. Well, because we know that the Lord's prayer contains all prayer, and Jesus wants his house to be a house of prayer, then it should be perfectly understandable to us that the Lord's prayer corresponds to rooms in the house of prayer. And so rather than just these seven parts to the Lord's prayer, we're gonna see these right now as seven rooms in the house of prayer. Okay, room number one is relationship. Our Father in heaven. In other words, when you come into the house and greet the Father, in a sense, he's standing there in the entryway, in the, in the lobby, so to speak, of the house of prayer. There he is to greet you. Now, it would be totally rude to run past your father without greeting him. The father wants to love you. He wants to bless you. Every time you come in prayer, God wants you to linger in this first room of the house of prayer of relationship and receive the father's love. The father's love. The father wants to love you. Just as he loved his son, Jesus, he loves you. Whether you're his daughter or your son, God loves you just as much as he loves Christ. The, the acceptance that he has of his son, he has for you. The protection he has for his son, he has for you. The security of the son, the love and affection of the son, he has for you and the blessing and significance that he has for his son, he has for you, and he wants you to linger in this first room of the house of prayer. Then you go into the second room of the house of prayer, and it's worship. This is the room with the tallest ceiling in the house because the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. It's here where we declare the name of God, and and the name of God on the front end of prayer, having receive the Father's love, now we declare the name of Christ, the full name, the Lord Jesus Christ. And declaring his name, hallowing his name in worship is what clears the atmosphere for us as we continue in prayer. Hallowed be your name. All worship is a accurate response to the revelation of his name. Third is lordship. Out of the high ceiling of of worship and the name, now down from that, we receive the kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done now down on earth as it is in heaven. And praying the kingdom is praying the Holy Spirit. Romans 14, 17 says the kingdom of God is not eat or drink, but it's righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. So the kingdom comes in the Holy Spirit. So when we pray that your kingdom come, we're praying your Holy Spirit come. Number four is sonship. It's of the seven, it's the middle of the house. In a sense, it's the family room. And what do we as children of God need most? We need food. Uh, representing our physical needs, and we need forgiveness representing our spiritual needs. We come and we give us today our daily bread. We receive food and, and all that the physical represents, healing, provision, a house, clothing, well-being, 
and for our spiritual provision. Forgive us our debts. For, forgive us for our sins. It always amazes me that when Jesus structured his prayer, first he put, uh, give us today our daily bread. Then he put, uh, forgive us our debts. If we, were, if we had built that prayer, we would have had us ask forgiveness and receive forgiveness first and then ask for food. But God's more generous with us than we are with ourselves. Hallelujah. But here in this middle room, we receive food and forgiveness. Then right next to the middle family room is, is like the sitting room off to the side where, and it's called fellowship as we forgive others. The forgiveness that we received in the fourth room, we now have to give to others in the fifth room. This is so important for us to keep short accounts and to not become bitter against others and allow that to fester. More demons hang out where there's bitterness than anything else. Bitterness draws demons like garbage attracts flies. And don't let it happen to you. Spend time consistently in the fifth room in the house of prayer fellowship as we forgive others. Then the seventh room, leadership. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now listen carefully. You and I have two enemies, the enemy of sin and the enemy of Satan. The enemy of sin is the enemy within. The enemy of Satan is the enemy without. This sixth room of the Lord's prayer pattern gives us victory over both enemies. Lead us not into temptation, that's the enemy of sin, but deliver us from the evil one, that's the enemy of Satan. And we get victory through our Lord Jesus Christ as we pray. And then the seventh room, ownership. We, Yours is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever. We declare God's ownership. In fact, if you look at this pattern, we come into the house of prayer and we receive. We receive the love of the Father. We go to the second room, we receive a fresh revelation of, of the name of our God. The third room, we receive the kingdom. The fourth room, we receive food and forgiveness. The fifth room, we give what we've just received, forgiveness to others. In the sixth room, we receive leadership and deliverance. But before we're done with our time of prayer, we give it all back to him. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. Lord, all these answers to prayer you're giving us are not for us ultimately, they're ultimately for you. And we declare your kingdom, your power, your glory over all of this in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, of, this, of the seven rooms, I've got to tell you, I used to run into my prayer time. I'd run right past the first room. I wouldn't even say hi to the Father. I'd run past the second. I, I didn't spend any time in worship. I'd run past the third room. I didn't even know what the kingdom was. And all I'd do was beg, oh God, give me money. Lord, my, my wife needs a new dress. My, my, my family, Lord, uh, I've got kids going to college. Please give me my daily bread. And then I'd go running out. 
I'd go running. I wouldn't spend time in the fourth room forgiving anyone. I didn't uh, get victory over sin and over the devil in the sixth room. And I didn't spend any time declaring his ownership. I'd just say goodbye, God, and off I'd go. I'd spend all my time in the fourth room. In fact, only half of the fourth room, I, I didn't even ask forgiveness for sin. All I did was beg for money. And, and what made it worse is I'm the pastor of the church. And I was building my, my church in half of the, the, this fourth room. What would we do? We'd, we'd take prayer requests and, have, and all the prayer requests were either I need a job, I need to help more, make, pay my mortgage or so-and-so sick. It's all, it's all physical needs. It's all give us today our daily bread stuff. And that's how I, I was leading my church in prayer until God rebuked me and he showed me, no, there are seven rooms in the house of prayer. You're only spending all your time in the fourth room and only half of the fourth room. And I repented and I call you to repent. In fact, some of you may be using the pattern of prayer ACTS, A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Let me tell you something. If you've been using Acts, you've been on a tricycle and God's got a motorcycle for you. It's called the Lord's Prayer. And I'll, I'll give you several reasons why the Lord's Prayer is so much better than Acts. First of all, Jesus didn't give Acts. He gave the Lord's Prayer. Uh, second, everything that's in Acts is in the Lord's Prayer, but not everything that's in the Lord's Prayer is in Acts. And you don't find Acts in, in, in the Bible like in one chunk. You have to find verses all over the Bible to prove Acts. But, but the Lord's Prayer is, is in the Bible. It's not only in the Bible, it's twice in the Bible. And it's not only twice in the Bible, it's in the red letter edition. It's the words of Jesus. Jesus gave the Lord's Prayer. So why don't we use it? It's the best most foundational prayer ever given. And the only reason is because we've regarded the Lord's Prayer as being religious. And we're wrong. The Lord's Prayer is not religious. It's not the banana peel. Peel the banana. Get rid of the religious concepts that are draped all over the Lord's Prayer and see it as, as not religious, but relational. It's based on a relationship. It begins our Father. And God invites you today to build a prayer life using the Lord's Prayer pattern. We're all about making disciples. And there is no making of a disciple without a prayer life. God bless you.